Hey everybody, God bless you. Welcome to Swerve Church Live. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today, this Sunday. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity and I really do, don't, I don't take it lightly. I really do believe it is a privilege to be able to open up God's Word, to study it together, to learn together. And I don't take it lightly. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now we're going to be going back to a series that we began uh, a few weeks ago. I'm so glad that as a church, we were able to pause on what we were learning so that we can sit under the teaching of uh, Pastor James from Bridge Church and to really soak it in and learn, you know, why it's so important that we have discussions on race and why uh, it's so important that we can celebrate all different types of cultures and ethnicities and how the gospel brings us all together and that we can take a stance against racism and for justice. And I'm so glad that as a church we were able to do that for the past uh, five weeks or so. Uh, we're going to go back to a series that we began called Stay Positive. And we're starting that up today. Now, what's so important about this particular series is that we're not going to allow the outside circumstances to dictate how we feel. I don't know about you guys, but there's lots of bad news out there. There's lots of negative, uh, neg there's lots of negativity out there. And it's so easy to allow all that bad news and all that negativity to dictate how I feel and how I respond. But instead, what we're doing with this series is that we're allowing God's truth and God's word to shape us and to help us shape our thoughts and how we should think and the words that we should say. Because there's a lot working against us right now. I know for me as well and for you that are watching this live today, there's a lot working against us, but we must make a conscious decision uh, to stay positive. And so today we're talking about gratitude is the topic we're talking about. And we're going to be uh, looking at a, a passage from the book of Luke in just a moment. But before we do, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Would you guys please let me know in the comments which one of these emojis would best describe your outlook in the past 7 or 14 days or so? You guys see the emojis there on the screen? Take out a moment and let me know in the comments which one of these describe your outlook. Now, not your emotions per se, but your outlook on life. You know, another way you can look at it is have, what kind of words have you been using? Have you said the phrase, I'm so thankful for A, B, C, X, Y, Z the past seven days or 14 days? Are there a lot that you've been grateful for or thankful? Have you used those words? Or have you used these words more frequently? Words like, I need, I want, I really wish I had. Well, what are the kind of words that you've used? Uh, I know for me, uh, the temptation is to focus on what I want over the things that I have already. There's always a desire to want to seek out more, a desire for the things that I don't have yet. Especially during the pandemic, let me tell you guys, this has created the most negative version of Danny that you'll ever see. This is like about the most pessimistic, the most negative version of me you'll see because of just all the bad news and the negativity that's around us. But let's make a conscious decision today. Let's make a conscious decision to reject that side of us and to look at God's word and let's choose gratitude over the rest. Let's look at Luke chapter 17 verses 11 to 19 and we're going to see an interaction with Jesus and a specific group of outcasts uh, in his day. Uh, so if you want to, you can follow along. The words are there on the screen. You can follow along there as well or open up your Bibles and you can follow along with me there. Luke chapter 17 verses 11 to 19 says this. 
While traveling to Jerusalem, Jesus, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. Now, this is really important to note because uh, there was a racial tension. There was a, re- there was a very big, very great racial divide between the Samaritans and the Jewish, which is why uh, the author of the book of Luke makes mention of this, that Jesus is passing uh, through Samaria and Galilee, and there's this big racial tension, uh, much like the racial tension that we see in our day. As he entered a village, ten men with leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. Now, these were ten men that came to uh, that, that came to approach Jesus, and they had a disease called leprosy. Leprosy was a disease that would, by the nature of disease, be so extremely contagious that, as a society, the way they treated these men and and, and the way they uh, protected the rest of society was by rejecting them and making them outcasts. Uh, so, uh, essentially, lepers had this extremely contagious uh, skin disease, uh, and as a result, and as treating the disease, they would be on their own, form their own little community amongst other lepers. They were, uh, they were not allowed to be around other people just because of how dangerous this disease was. All right, so they had a quarantine, you know, per se, uh, forever until or until they were healed and this is essentially what is happening people would never interact uh, with these guys because the disease they had was so contagious and so they were forced to be at a distance they were forced to be isolated and uh, and they were rejected and unloved by and large by society and so they stood at a distance and raised their voices saying Jesus master have mercy on us so they're screaming out to Jesus. They've heard of this man that's been doing miracles and has been healing people. And so they cry out to Jesus for mercy. And when Jesus saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And while they were going, they were cleansed. Now what's really uh, amazing is that if you read the Old Testament scriptures, it talks about a, a person being cleansed or healed of a certain disease like leprosy uh, before they can be welcomed back into society they would have to present themselves to the priest. And the, the priest would have the final say-so as to whether they were truly cleansed and healed. Here, Jesus is telling them before the fact to go to the priest, to show themselves to the priest. And as they go, uh, Jesus does a miracle and He heals them of this highly contagious disease. And so while they were going, they were cleansed. Verse 15, But one of them, seeing that He was healed, returned, and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And this is amazing because out of the ten guys that had the leprosy, all of them were healed. But only one of them, only one returned with a heart overwhelmed with gratitude and fell at the foot of Jesus and began to thank Him and praise God and give glory to God. And Jesus was taken aback by the lack of gratitude of the other people. You know, so often that's many of our attitudes as well. Uh, We experience uh, everyday miracles. We experience God's provision, uh, yet our response is not one of gratitude. You know, it reminds me of a time when I was walking up Graham Avenue, no money in my pocket at all, just running some errands on Graham Ave. And a guy came up to me, like so, you know, so many of us, 
uh, ha it happens every single day in New York City. He was asking for money. I digged into my pocket and all I had was honestly some lint and a dime, literally 10 cents. That's all I had. I had no cash on me at all. And so I take the dime, the last dime I had in my pocket and I gave it to the guy. The guy stopped in the road, looked at the dime and then he looked at me. He said, that's all you're going to give me, man. That's all you got. I looked at him and said, told him, I told him, that's the last dime I have in my pocket. I literally gave you everything I had on me. You should be a little bit more grateful. And he, uh, kind of looked down at his shoes and he was like, you're right, all right, thank you, man, my bad, my bad. And he walked on. How many of us are like that? We experience um, God's graciousness. We experience God's goodness every single day. We have so much to be thankful for, yet we live our lives full of uh, ingratitude. And we're not grateful for the things that God has given us. What can we do to develop a heart of gratitude? Well, I think we have to choose gratitude. It doesn't come naturally to us, unfortunately. We have to make a conscious decision to choose gratitude. And for the rest of our time, I want to uh, kind of give us three statements. Three statements that are going to help us choose gratitude because it's a decision that we have to make. Um, so I want you guys to, to recite these statements and make the conscious decision to choose gratitude. Listen, guys, I know... I know there's a lot of negativity. I know there's a lot of bad news. And I know it's hard to, uh, to look at the bright side of things. But we're going to make the conscious decision. We're going to choose gratitude. So here's the first of the three statements, and that is this. Number one, that every good thing I have comes from God. Every good thing I have comes from God. And we see this in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17. It, he writes, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. You see, guys, God in His very nature is good. And we see this all throughout scriptures. We see this in the very narrative, uh, the creation narrative. When God, when God creates, uh, creates the universe and creates the earth, everything that we read in Genesis chapter 1, He created it and the Bible says it was good. And that is because God in His very nature is good. And God is a good father that loves to give good gifts to his children. That's the type of God that we serve. Just a God that loves to spoil his children and loves to give good gifts. And we need to shift our minds to understand this truth. Because the truth is that the temptation for many of us is to take credit for the gifts that God gives us. It's so easy for us to give our own accreditation for what we believe we've accomplished and maybe you're thinking, Danny, well, it was my hard work that got me where I'm at. It was my abilities. It was my skill. But, but we forget God is creator. And he's the one that created you and me. He's the giver of good gifts. He, the Bible says he is the sustainer. And we forget that. And we tend to give glory to ourselves. And we forget that ultimately it's God that is the good gift giver and the sustainer of all things that gives us good gifts, that gives us the strength to work, that gives us the, those abilities that you use every single day at your profession that makes you so talented. Uh, you know, God is the good gift giver. He's the one that gives us all these things. When you understand that God is a good gift giver, that shifts your attitude. And you begin to understand that every good thing I have comes from God. You begin to say, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve all these good gifts. But God, I thank you that I have them. And that's a major shift in the way you think. Number two in your notes is this, and you can write this down. And that is that you don't let what you want 
rob you of what you have. Don't let what you want rob you of what you have. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. You can read it along with me. It says this, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content. Would you guys say those, few, those last few words with me? He, what? For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. By the way, guys, if you have a pen, uh, a crayon, or whatever, highlighter, and you have your Bibles open, I would underline or circle that part right there in that verse. I have learned to be content. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have, what's that word again? It starts with an L. I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. How easy is it to focus on the things that you want? How easy is it to focus on, on that laundry list of, uh, of things in your life that you want and that you want to accomplish? Another way to look at it is, uh, how easy is it to focus on everything that you don't have? I know for me, it definitely is. Everything that's all around us, everything around us reminds us, is a constant reminder of the things that we don't have. Uh, from the billboards to the commercials on TV. Uh, in fact, I can't scroll very much on Facebook. I can't watch a YouTube video without a reminder that I absolutely need you know, XYZ device or item or, you know, vacation to Cancun or whatever. I'm constantly bombarded with messages telling me uh, and reminding me of what I don't have and that I absolutely need. But Paul says in this passage, he says that I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. You know, I love that he uses the word that he learned. He had to learn. The fact that he had to learn means that contentment did not come naturally to him. And guess what, guys? It doesn't come naturally to you. It doesn't come naturally to me. We are not naturally bent towards an attitude of gratitude or contentment. In fact, you can probably say the opposite is true. Our natural bent is always one of wanting more, of desiring more, and looking at the things that we don't have yet. He had to learn contentment because it did not come naturally to him. And you have to learn the same. And you have to make a, a conscious decision to choose gratitude. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe that was easy for Paul to write because he probably uh, had his life well put together. You know, a nice 401k living in a big house. Well, actually, he penned these words uh, to the church in Philippi, to the churches in Philippi. He didn't pen them from a palace. Uh, but he penned these words from a prison where his freedom was stripped away from him for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which is why I think it, it adds even more weight and value when he says that he learned to be content in whatever circumstances, whether in the palace or in the prison. And I think it's so important for us, especially in the middle of a pandemic, in a COVID-19 world, uh, where so many of us are struggling with our emotional well-being, our mental well-being, financially struggling, uh, you know, so many of us living in, uh, in isolation because of everything that's going on in the world. I think it's so important that we understand this, that no matter what circumstances, we can learn to be content. We can choose gratitude. 
Are you letting what you want rob you of what you have? Are you letting what you don't have rob you of experiencing the joy and the gratitude of the things that you have already? Because remember, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Choose gratitude. And here's number three. You can write this down in your notes, and that is uh, that we ought to turn every blessing into praise. Turn every blessing into praise. Uh, Psalm chapter 63, verse 4 and 5 says, So I will bless you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Let me ask you guys this question. Have you ever stopped? Have you ever paused to think of all the ways that God has blessed you? Have you ever sat down? Have you ever truly, like I mean like, like stopped everything that you were doing just to think about all the ways that God has blessed you? You know, on the flip side of that question, I bet you most of us have stopped everything to think about the things that we don't have or the things that we do want. Have you ever, you know, have you ever made a list? Have you ever sat down and, and journaled all the ways that God has blessed you? Have you ever stopped, paused to think about that and then to really turn that into praise and to thank God for all the ways that He's blessed you? To really praise Him and to really thank God for all those good and perfect gifts that come from Him? You know, it's like kind of like when you sit around the dinner table and you have that delicious meal that's prepared for you. You know, here at home, uh, we have uh, a, a routine uh, that I really enjoy doing, and that is just to hit the pause button and, and everything that we're doing, pause the TV, pause the YouTube videos, and just say grace before we eat, uh, just to thank God for, for the meal. And uh, I know for, for me, my, my kids, you know, we, we like to give them turns to pray for them they just turn it into this routine thing to where all right well i just got to please dad and i just got to say the prayer as quickly as possible so because i know i can't have you know my th that bite of mac and cheese until i do and so they say uh half-hearted prayer as quickly as possible so they can start eating well, what if we like really pause and we and we thought about man this food that i'm about to eat is one of those good and perfect gifts that came from god and and today i can sit down at the table with my family and i can enjoy a meal today because god provided it for me and and when i put that steak in my mouth or that chicken or that pasta or that piece of bread you know i have millions of taste buds that are informing my brain of how delicious it tastes and and, it, and it, there's vitamins and nutrition in this food that will uh, bring a nutrition to my body and, and get, bring health to my body and sustain my body. Did you ever stop and pause to consider that? That that's a good and perfect gift. But so often, you know, it's just a routine. Uh, you know, let me just say this prayer as quickly as possible so I can get to what I really want to enjoy, this food. You know, what if, in, what if instead of complaining, we focused on God's blessings and we turned it into praise. What if instead of complaining about all the things that you miss uh, because of COVID and, and all the things that have messed up right now, what if you paused and, and stopped to thank God for all the blessings that in your life, not once upon a time, not five months ago, but right now, 
the blessings that are in your life and the provision of God in your life and God's goodness and gift in your life. What if you stop to stop the complaining to thank God and praise Him for His blessings? What if you turn every blessing into praise? And maybe you're asking yourself, well, Danny, how do I praise? What, what does that mean? It's like, what, what, what is that word? What is, do I take out a flag and wave it? Like, what's praise mean, Danny? What does that mean? Well, according to the psalmist, he said things like, I will lift my hands. Have you ever been to a church service and you see people lifting their hands while they worship? This is why. It's because we're turning our blessings into praise and we lift our hands as a sign of surrender and worship uh, to our King. So maybe you can do that by lifting your hands. Even when you feel defeated or low or discouraged, you lift your hands in victory and worship God and turn every blessing into praise. The psalmist says, it was so interesting. He says, you satisfy me as rich, as, as rich food. You satisfy me. And so maybe, bless, bless, maybe uh, turning every praise so maybe turning every blessing into praise is just, you know, being fully satisfied in every step that you take or every, every corner that you turn in your home or, you know, every bite of food that you take. Maybe a, that's being satisfied in everything and in every way that God has provided for you. The psalmist mentions singing lips and literally singing out to God. But Danny, when I sing, it sounds like somebody strangling a cat. God doesn't care about that. You go ahead and sing praises to Him. You sing out to Him and you thank Him. The psalmist also mentions, My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. And so maybe that's using your words to turn every blessing into praise. What words have you been using the past? I asked you guys this question earlier by the past 7 to 14 days. What words have been on your lips? What are the, is more negative words coming out your mouth or, or more positive words? Are you turning those blessings into praise? Make the conscious decision. You know, uh, it wasn't that long ago that my wife and I, we, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. And I mean, it was tiny, but guys, it was cheap. We were paying $6.50 a month, uh, which is like unheard of. And we were just starting out, newlyweds, just starting out with a family. Well, you know, for the two of us, a one-bedroom was fine. Uh, but then kids started coming into the pictures. I don't know where they came from, but we had, you know, Junior came first. And we made do. It was all right. Slept in the living room. Then Christian came around. And all right, well, Junior's in the living room. Christian was in our room in a, in a bassinet by the bed. And then all of a sudden, you know, a third one comes around. Melody is soon to be born. And, and, and then all of a sudden, a one-bedroom apartment seemed really tiny. And little by little, discontentment began to grow in, uh, in my heart. And I began to, to say and complain to God, God, we need a bigger apartment, but rent is so expensive in New York City. What are we going to do? What are you asking of us, God? You know, our family is growing. What are you calling us to do? God, why aren't you providing? Why aren't you opening a way? We're putting out these applications. And guys, I grew so discontent. Instead of looking at all the ways that God had blessed me and all the provisions He's made and how He was blessing our family and growing our family, my heart grew discontent. And it wasn't until God showed me this and I made the conscious decision to say, okay, God, thank you for the cheap rent. Thank you for the roof over our heads. We will make do. We will do whatever we can to live here as long as you call us to. Help us be obedient to your voice. And it wasn't until I turned all our blessings into praise. It wasn't until uh, I was able to fill my heart with gratitude that God finally made a way for us to find another spot and for our family to fit comfortably. 
But I had grown so discontent that I grew blind to all the ways that God was blessing me. And it's so important that we make this conscious decision. So how do we choose gratitude? Every good thing I have comes from God. I realize every blessing, every good and perfect gift comes from God, says the book of James. We don't let what you want rob you. You don't let what you want rob you of what you have. Don't be so focused on the things that you don't have that you lose sight of the blessings that God has given you right now, today. And then lastly, we turn every blessing we have into praise. Whether by lifting our hands in worship, whether singing out to Him, or through our words. We, we lift up and we turn every blessing into praise. Now let me just finish today by letting you guys know about the greatest reason that you can be grateful today. This is the best reason that you'll hear all day. I want to read it to you from Psalm chapter 103, verses 2 to 5. And here's what it says. My soul bless the Lord and do not forget all His benefits. Now, interesting that the psalmist says that. He says, don't forget all His benefits. Maybe because he too knew uh, that we're quick to forget all the blessings that God gives us. Verse 3. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Here's what the psalmist was alluding to. He was alluding to Christ who would one day come and cleanse us from all iniquity and from all our sin. That He would forgive us. That Jesus the Christ would come to the earth. God in flesh would come to the earth. And that He would live the life that we could not live and die the death that you and I deserve. That the wages of our sin was death and the eternal wrath of God. The punishment of God. Eternal separation from God. But Jesus Christ came in our place. He lived the life that you and I could not live and died the most horrific death that we deserve to die in our place so that we can experience the forgiveness of our iniquity so that all our diseases, our sin disease could be healed. And then on the third day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus conquered the grave, conquering Satan, sin, and death, loosening the grip that sin had on our life. He died in our place for our sin, rose from the grave, giving us forgiveness of sin and newness of life. This is the best news that you can hear all day. You can be grateful because your sins are atoned for, because you are forgiven, because Jesus conquered the grave. and You are forgiven. You are a child of God. And instead of experiencing damnation and separation from God, we have the security of an eternity in the presence of God the Father forever. We have the forgiveness of sin and the promise that one day we will be free of all sin, disease, of all tears shed, of all pain in the presence of God our Father forever. And all you have to do in order to have that promise fulfilled in your life is to put your faith in Jesus. And if you're listening to me today, if you're watching this today and you haven't made that decision, then I want to encourage you to do that today. All you need to do is put your faith in Jesus. And He promises to give you these things. And this is the greatest reason that we can be grateful today. So where you've been the past 7 to 14 days? What about the past 3 to 5 months? Would you say that has your heart, that your heart's been quick to turn to complaining? I know for me it definitely 
has gone in that direction. Let's make the conscious decision today to turn our hearts towards gratitude because every good and perfect gift comes from God. Let's turn every blessing into praise. Let's pray. God, I just pray, uh, Lord, it's so difficult in the middle of the times that we're living in, in the middle of hardship, in the middle, Lord, of so much that's going on in our world. Uh, Lord, it's so hard to focus on the good things. It's quite easy to focus on all the negative and bad news. And so, God, I just pray that you would turn our hearts, that we might have grateful hearts, God. God, thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you, God. And so, we pause right now to reflect on all those good and perfect gifts that you've given us. Thank you for it, God, each and every single one. Thank you for being a good father that enjoys giving gifts to his children. And right now, Lord, we choose gratitude and we want to turn our blessings into praise. We praise you, God. We lift up your name. We worship you, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.